Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 72, Felons Feeding Families. I'm uh, really excited to have uh, Casey Cornoli, uh, founder and the general manager of Farmhouse Wellness in Grand Rapids. Thanks uh, for being on, Casey. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah, excited. Uh, excited to talk about what we got going on today. Uh, um, uh, also a, a felon along with myself. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but I want to say hello to our, our co-host and uh, two days in a row, everybody's on the show. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, Tom, what's going on in, in Kalkaska on Green Wednesday? Uh, just a busy day, got stuff going out, but also looking forward to spending time with family. Excellent, excellent. Kevin, what about you? Yeah, just wrapping up some final things before uh, Thanksgiving. Like uh, Tom said, looking forward to seeing some family potentially and uh, getting some turkey. Watching the Lions lose, probably. Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's the Bears. We'll They'll see. probably win. You know, like yeah. th- that's what they do. They're unexpected. Yeah, that's starting to feel like the old winless season when uh, I remember we played the Titans that year and it was forty to nothing at the end of like the first quarter. <laughs> so at least we're not playing some juggernaut. Uh, but yeah. Cool. I I, uh, I really uh, I knew a Casey before this, but I first met Casey. Uh, Casey came to my office over uh, a few years back before he opened Farmhouse and um, was a caregiver and with my uh, knew my buddy uh, Chris Silva at the time and uh, hit it off. Um, Casey is a, a marijuana felon. He is one of uh, I believe the only caregiver marijuana felon in locally owned Grand Rapids Provisioning Center, which is really cool. It's been a huge supporter of Redemption um, from day one, and we love doing, uh, we're over there right now doing a, a vendor day and, uh, and giving away turkeys, which we'll talk about. But um, grew up in Grand Rapids, uh, was in the banking industry beforehand. Uh, uh, interesting switch, uh, and I was in insurance, so, but it's, uh, it's nice, I'm sure, to be out of it. And, you know, just doing uh, a great job and uh, funny story about how you became a felon and now what's going on with that. It's a family affair. So we'll let you talk about that as well. So Casey, thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how you came into uh, Farmhouse and and how it's working out. Yeah, man, I appreciate the invite today, Ryan, and uh, congrats on the new addition, man, to the family. So hope everything's going good with you. Good to see you, Tom. Good to see you, Kevin. Um, yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Farmhouse is uh, a medical and recreational provisioning center in GR. Uh, as you noted, we're the only kind of locally owned, independent um, little boutique shop. We operate out of a, a 500 square foot facility. It's really small in comparison to what you'd probably be accustomed <laughs> to for a, a traditional provisioning center. but. Um, that was really the only way that I was able to get my foot in the door in Grand Rapids and kind of made uh, a little bit of lemonade with with some lemons that we had on the property. But um, but yeah, man, really stoked to just be in the industry and participating. And it's uh, it's serendipitous to, to meet people along the way. It was wonderful to have Chris on the team and 
really stoked that he's, uh, you know, flourishing at, at redemption and, and all the things that you guys are doing, man. So really stoked on uh, to see your guys progression. And we're just part of happy to be part of the, the story, man. So um, so, yeah, a uh, little bit of background about me. I was uh, a caregiver since 2008 um, and then growing cannabis kind of under the, the darkness of, of uh, you know, the cover of darkness since 1999 was the first time that I that I grew uh, grew cannabis and that was when you had to go to the hydro store and put stuff in black trash bags and put it in somebody else's trunk and have it drive around the corner and, <laughs> and all that crazy shit that we used to do man you know um ended up being uh being pop both both through ma and then through through just selling selling herb um you know during the high school years and and getting a couple of convictions on my on my record nothing you know, I, I feel like I'm definitely preaching to the choir and, and it's it's uh, it's peanuts compared to what you went through, man. But um, but that is part of my story and part of my my record. And um, so, yeah, it makes Farmhouse a little bit unique. We get some social equity breaks both at the city and state level. And then um, what we're doing is we're investing that money back into the neighborhood and then through cool projects like we're doing today with the felons feeding families. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, you know that's what we got going on. It's great to have Chris in the house today, and we're giving out a bunch of free doobies and selling a bunch of real leaf solutions, a bunch of true cannabis live resin carts, and and uh, we're making it happen. So thanks again for having me on, man. Hell hell yeah! Like so, why don't you uh, go ahead and uh, tell us about felons feeding families? It's cool. I, I heard that the, the local news is out there interviewing you and Chris. Uh, I was trying to talk Chris into wearing a. Uh, his best pinstripe fancy uh, suit and give him away, but uh, kind of like old school, but he didn't want to. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, tell us, I mean, I'm excited about it. I really appreciate you including me uh, on this and, and working with the foundation. And, you know, I'm just, we're just going to keep doing cool stuff like this. So uh, they let everybody know what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Chris stopped by the other like a week or two ago. And, you know, much like everybody on this call, um, I grew up from in a household of small business owners, farmhouse wellness is a small business. And, um, but in the, uh, in the high school years, my dad operated a, a crematory, you know, where you actually burn, uh, burn bodies, you know, and that was, uh, the way that our, our family, uh, sustained finance <laughs> for itself. So kind of a little running joke in the, um, in the shop was uh, the murder van. You know, it's an Econo line 350, you know, three quarter ton. Uh, and he used to haul around some bodies in it, you know, and, and Chris came <laughs> to me the other day. I was like, yo, man, what do you think? We should, uh, we should probably, we should, what do you think about giving out some turkeys out the back of the murder van? You know, so, <laughs> so uh, it was, it was, uh, it was meant to be. And I said, man, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, and, and from there it was born, you know, it was born felons feeding families. Uh, as you mentioned, I've got the felony distribution charge and, and I know that you do too. So, um, so yeah, we just really, the, the goal is to try to give back to the neighborhood and to folks that, you know, we feel super fortunate and, and lucky to have a business that's, that's flourished during the pandemic, but, um, we know a lot of people haven't, you know, so a lot of people are out there. And, and there's a lot of need and there's a lot of struggle so um so yeah we we got 100 turkeys it's it's uh not as crazy as other people's that i've heard but it was a great starting point for us 100 turkeys um we ended up giving out 
uh, 200 pre-rolls in exchange for canned goods like the staples, uh, corn, beef, um, you know, fruit, uh, mac and cheese, all those things. So it's really a combo, no strings attached, no purchase necessary. You just come through today, nine to nine while supplies last. Uh, we're down to about 10 or 15 turkeys now, but um, but yeah, you come through, get some food and, and feed your family, get a free pre-roll and, and it's just good vibes today, man. We're just about giving it back today and, and being thankful for what we got. So um, we're calling that uh, Felons Feeding Families. This is, uh, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, the industry is always had like a leg up on wanting to prove itself uh, legitimacy and and that we can give back you know even in the in in spite of all the things that you know have gone wrong you know understanding how to move past those things it's amazing but do you find that advertising for these types of events uh, because of the way that the rules are structured for licensed facilities do you find that there's a it's a little bit more difficult to get information out to the general public about you know, things like, uh, you know, giving away turkeys or anything like that because you are a cannabis business. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up, Tom. It was, uh, kind of had like a, Oh shit moment the other day. It was actually, so what today's Wednesday. So it would have been yesterday. Yeah. Tuesday, uh, get a call. You know, I got the guy, uh, Tony shout out to Tony at the MRA. He's my, uh, he's my enforcement <laughs> agent and, um, got his number saved, you know, for sure. Uh, so I see Tony's number come up on the speed dial there on the cell phone. I was like, Oh, you know, of course I take it. And Tony says, yeah, you know, uh, I thought he was ta- I thought he was going to give me a call about the, uh, the AU licensing renewal that I got coming up and he said, yeah, I see you guys in the news. It looks like you're going to be, uh, giving out some food and all that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's all good. He's like, well, actually, uh, you know, we got MDARD involved in this now and we got, uh, this is going up to the director and, and my boss wants to know, and you're on marijuana property. And I was like, Ooh, you know, those are things that I, I wasn't expecting to, to hear or deal with 24 hours after I had already bought all these turkeys and everything we've been blasting across the news. So I was just like, man, you know, I just got my fingers crossed and everything. And Tony's a great guy, you know, um, the MRA, I have a good relationship with them and and I I don't mean that in any bad way, but, um, for a second there, I was thinking, man, this might not go on. You know, we've already put the word out. Um, but he basically, uh, thankfully got back to me in a pretty swift manner that night and said, um, you know, my director, cause they did to your point, man, uh, you're, you're talking about advertising, you're talking about cross between, um, you know, uh, a cannabis license and food, which is kind of a, a, a weird territory. And so um, anytime you start mixing those things, it's a little bit additional, additional scrutiny, I think. Um, but yeah, thankfully they got back to me and they let us uh, go forward and, and, um, and, and it's all good. But, uh, but yeah, man, um, we're, we're out there. We're out there doing it today. Yeah, Still man. The- turkeys. Well, there's a precedent been set, you know, that's kind of that I was thinking about that. a lot of the stuff going on and, you know, just being able to operate like a normal business uh, would be would be nice, you know, even at alcohol standards. You know, kidding. Hey, oh, yeah. hey, Casey, uh, obviously it's fresh in everyone's mind. We uh, we um, did a show on it yesterday. Uh, obviously, the big, uh, you know, the testing uh, lab, the whole scandal going on, you know, Verda sued, sued the state yesterday. So this isn't going away. 
How does that affect you? We have you on as a retailer. Uh, what's that like for you? What's kind of the mood? Um, you know, we're we're not a we're not a retailer, so uh, I'm just curious your perspective and uh, what what's it like for your store, other stores, the market, and you know what's the kind of the general attitude or feeling. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a bit of a cluster, you know. It's a bit of cluster, significant amount of uh, volume and and transactions that are affected by it. Um, obviously, people's health and safety for me is is towards the top of the list. I really don't know what's going on inside the walls of, of Virtus, um, but I think you can kind of infer some things from you know from the headlines and the bulletins that have been put out there, um, but. Uh, we're definitely going to proceed with all the protocols. This is the very first um, recall that I've been through. We've never dealt with anything like this before. And I think part of that, Ryan and, and Tom, stems with um, aligning our shop with, with good partners like yourselves, um, that we have a lot of confidence and trust in that the products that you come and send to our shop as a retailer um, have gone through the appropriate channels, you know, to be there. And again, it's not to, uh, to dog on, on any other um, folks, but we just have have great confidence in in uh, in our partnerships and all and all that. So appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, man, I think that uh, as far as across the the retail segment, I've, I've heard some stories about other um, other operators having having more of a significant impact than us. We did have a slight amount of exposure to it. Um, thankfully, some of them were brand new relationships, not stuff like, you know, the, the time that we've had together. But right. but it's uh, if it's if it's too good to be true, then it then it probably is. Um, and, and I get a lot of people, you know, folks just hounding you. And and um, and so, you know, take a bite of an apple every once in a while. But um, but yeah, so as far as is what we had, just a couple of skews or a couple of flavors and and talk to those vendors and obviously we pulled them from the shelves um the mra has given us three different options you can either have it retested from farmhouse um send it back to the the, the original sender have them retest it uh, or you can destroy the product so right now it's looking like we're most likely going to send everything back um, whether it's retested and sent back to us is, is yet to be seen um, but um, overall, we're thankful that we didn't have to shut down. We only had to pull a few things from the shelves and, and again, just kind of credit um, some of the, the really good relationships that we have for that. I'm curious if there's any way to even track if you let's say you are uh, obviously I'm not going to say you are obviously a provisioning center. I'm thinking from my <laughs> my, my perspective. Anyway, um, <laughs> you have you have product in your store and you have a new vendor and that vendor may not have failed for say aspergillus or have some kind of um <clears throat> have some kind of systemic problem at their grow i'm not saying who does or who doesn't but you know when you have yeast and mold problems it, it's typically environmental in your grow and um but you're just let's say you, you have everything under control and you just happen to be testing with Viridus, you get all this wrapped up, but you're, you're a provisioning center. How do you know if that new vendor that you brought on is either, you know, either has a systemic problem in their facility or is just wrapped up in this whole thing, you know, by circumstance? 
That's a great question, and, and I don't have a, a, a silver bullet answer for you on that. I think you could you could dig deeper. It would come with potentially retesting the stuff, right? So if, if it gets sent out and, and you're keeping a close eye on it, gets sent back to the sender, the other, the vendor who um, either A, you know, may just have been caught up in it or B, has systemic issues in their facility. So um, since we don't have the level of confidence in the, the lab that it came with, we're going to have to take another peek, right? You're going to have to send it to another spot um, or have somebody um, just take a closer look at it. So um, that would be where me as a, as a retailer, I would be able to delineate between those two things, um, whether it truly is um, product that's that's fails for microbials or water content, foreign matter, whatever it may be, or whether that, that uh, if it passed at another facility, then I would make the assumption or kind of take from it that that um, that they just kind of got caught up, you know, their collateral damage a little bit in it. So, so yeah, man. Unfortunately, I don't have a way to right out of the gate, you know, say um, it's going to take a little bit more time for me. Um, but I just from visual inspection of, of some of the the product, and I'd love to hear your your take on it as a cultivator. Um, some of the product that I've seen come through the door with everybody being so fixated on THC and everything like that, um, the moisture content can be way out of whack, you know? So I don't know if it's people chasing waterfalls on THC, if it's a microbial thing, if it's, you know, what it is, but um, but that's definitely something that that appears to be just on surface level, you know, going on just due to the, due to the moisture content, some of the flower, if you follow me. Wait, what's your opinion on that, Tom? Like as far as what you're seeing? Oh, I mean, I don't really see a whole lot of flower from other facilities. Uh, just what's yeah. going out our door. Uh, I travel a little bit and, and look around, but I've, like I said yesterday, I've, I've a lot of the, issues that people run into is basic, you know, environmental control and, you know, um, cutting corners and in, in, in efficiencies sometimes that may, you know, cause oversight of an issue, a potential problem looming or um, just saying, fuck it and throw the, throw, you know, you throw everything out the window and just decide we're just going to remediate everything because we know we can't yeah. grow a clean product, you know, and yeah. I, I guess, you know, as a, if I were a retailer, I, I would want a second opinion on stuff. I mean, shoot, you could pull stuff off. I mean, it shouldn't be on you to make sure that the products you're buying. But I guess another thing you could do is to travel to the grows and have those, create those relationships with the cultivators, the farmers out there to ensure that people have your back. You know, that's, that's important to know that. It's not always a bottom line. The bottom line is rarely ever the most important thing. So if you're just cutting corners and efficiencies in order to obtain the cheapest possible product in order to sell it as cheap as possible and you're willing to put people's health at risk, then, you know, that's just, uh, it doesn't seem right. Yeah. I, from, a, from a marijuana sales perspective, uh, we've talked about this and I've been talking a lot about it, Casey. Uh, um, you know, uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, maybe it's, this is what it's about. Maybe it's not, but let's say, let's say maybe Veritas, uh, you can get an extra four or 5% THC points if, 
if that's the case, that's really thrown off. If 60% of the flour has been tested in Michigan, as we get tested by them and everyone's got that, it throws off the whole public. I mean, it's really perpetrate. Uh, it's, it's keeping this myth going that THC uh, matters uh, like it does. And um, maybe this resets it some. And as a retailer, you can kind of explain a little bit better than, but we, we got into it yesterday talking about, you know, some of these, these big guys that are about, you're concerned about clean cannabis. They, you know, they, they their SOPs is, they remediate everything before they send it to testing. So they're getting it microwaved. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then getting it sent to say Veritas, they all were testing with them and getting high THC. So you're getting this microwave, not all turped up. And that's what the customer is buying based on that. And we know that's like, none of us would want to smoke that. It's gross. So um, what do you feel like, are you, are you seeing any of that? Or like, and then what about maybe a push to, to make these growers, let every, the consumer know out there, do you think you're your patients and customers would want to know that their marijuana has been microwaved or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, um, we do the best that we can. We're beholden to, to the folks that come through the door and folks that don't have as much of a rich history with the cannabis plan as, as everybody on this line or most folks that are probably listening. So I do think that it's going to take time. Um, I'm sorry ahead of time if, if I've ever, if I've ever let that cascade on to you guys or any of our partners in any way, but um, it's 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 hard as a retailer to see that day in and day out, and until um, until you are or you know if you've seen it, if you've been through that, then you know what it feels like, and it's just that at some point you're just like, okay, you know, okay, like I'll just give give you what you want man yeah, I'll, just, no. I'll just give you what you want um and but i completely agree the thc thing is out of control but you know being online being on instagram facebook and some of the the forums and stuff um it, it sounds like it's a prevalent issue across the country you know so not just in in michigan but other marijuana markets where um you know where the consumer is fixated on the thc figure so um, but with that said, um, your guys's product, you know, people still seek it out individually, you know, by name and, and by flavor and by variety. So, you know, we sell a ton of redemption product and we sell a ton of real leaf product. Um, even if the THC comes in 10 points lower or, or you know, uh, five points higher this time, there's still other factors to me that really come into play. And I think that, um, at a shop like ours, we're, we're in a good spot to be able to to leverage those stories and, and talk to folks, um, you know, both about the mission of redemption and what farmhouse is all about. And that's that's those things allow us to kind of defer, push back a little bit on the just straight THC um, seekers. But the the microwave stuff. Yeah, man, if it's if it's um, if it's remediated, we will we'll tell people that. Um, and that's an easy one to, to, to push them away from that product and, and towards another high quality product. So that's too bad. I guess you call it a little bit of an insurance policy to, to, uh, just straight throw it in the willow and then, and then yeah. send it off to the lab. But, um, but yeah, I, I think folks should know, I, I think that, um, I, I think it's transparent to talk to people about that and then. The real smokers, I mean, it's, you know, as I was talking 
a minute or two ago about the water contents like you grind that shit up and it's dust you know it yeah, turns yeah. into dust um yep. so we got to bring back sticky weed guys we want the stuff that's like footballs you know when it when it's just like oh, yeah. all stuck together and shit yep. that's what i want to see and and people um it'll take a little bit of time but i think people people will understand and they'll they'll continue to seek out those products that that are sticky and icky and gooey just like your guys is <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's, I find it interesting that one of the things that the prohibitionists are, are, have been somewhat successful at lately is talking about how this isn't your father, your mom and dad's th weed, it's so high in THC and they, they're out there talking about this high THC, so the younger kids are probably reading that like, oh, we want to get that high THC, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. uh, so they're training, even though they're trying to scare people, they're almost... But you got 10% beer out there right now, and they didn't really have, I mean, commercially. I mean, people make moonshine and everything, but, I mean, yeah, it's just well, a bunch of... It's stupid. Same yeah. wine or anything. Like, you know, like, you're not going like, oh, what's this... Uh, like think about like especially wine the region the year you know all the flavonoids everything uh you're not trying to get 50 percent uh alcohol content wine so i don't know we'll get we'll get there but speaking of that we're talking about flower and growing uh uh there's a rumor you got a, a grow possibly coming online uh you want to talk about that at all yeah thanks man um so it's it's been a tough little stretch there but we are under construction happens for some time we started in june this is a, a single class c um it's it's a property that's two doors down adjacent to the dispensary and um gosh man it's been three years in the making really from holding the property just as an idle asset for three years you know a real drain and and going to the planning commission and talking to the city and the city of Grand Rapids. I mean, West Michigan's just a pretty conservative place. You know, Lansing had a, a big jump on Grand Rapids as far as their exposure to the culture and exposure to, um, to cannabis facilities. So I think I'm just kind of making an assumption that, that maybe pulling permits and, and talking to city officials is a little bit easier in Lansing than it is in Grand Rapids. But I, I can only speak from my experiences and I can tell you it's, it's been a bitch, man. It's been, it's been real hard. Um, and then you layer on top of that, some of the, uh, the, the COVID COVID related, um, construction delays. It's, mm. it's been a challenge, just a, a tough period to try to throw, throw together a grow. But, um, we one step in front of the other, man, we're, um, we're probably rounding third base, 75% complete on it. They're over there hang, hanging the um, the HVAC units today. All the lights have been delivered. Um, we're doing LED production. That's in, in accordance with what the city wants to see for efficiency measures. Um, and yeah, just really, really excited. There's, there's uh, you know, I don't think it'll impact the the good relationships that I have at all, but there's, there's you know, some folks that, uh, that I wouldn't mind, you know, swapping out their flower with some, some house brand stuff and um and also just spend some more time in the garden um it's love the retail but it'll be good to be around plants again and if everything goes good uh, we are expecting a little little baby at home here in january but um awesome. thanks man if everything goes good yeah thank you it's crazy crazy time but um <laughs> but uh yeah anything if it goes well hopefully right around then ryan uh 
January, February timeframe is, is when we hope to fire up the lights and, and, and get going. And kind of in the back of my mind, I'm thankful that I didn't, it didn't uh, come online right at, at Croptober, you know, so I'm kind of oh, yeah. looking at it at, in that way, trying to be positive and, and be thankful for, for what it is. Are you, is, are you going to be a farmhouse brand and just sell it to yourself or are you going to wholesale as well? I don't know yet. I, I'm trying to figure that out. I, I'd love to hear um, what you guys think about that. You know, this is, I mean, we don't have to dive too much into it, but part of me is like, okay, uh, right now I could probably pump out eights of high quality flour at a price um, that I can't get high quality flour for, right? You know, 20, $25 an eight and retail it and still be okay. Um, uh, but with that, I think you would kind of, you would change the tide of what the Grand Rapids um, flower market, how it exists currently. And I kind of think of some of the folks over at, in, in Lansing that, that may have done that, you know, and whether that was the right call or not, you know? Um, so, so part of me wants to put out $25 eights of high quality flour that I can sell it as fast as I produce it. Mm -hmm. and I won't have to go to the third market. And then part of me wants to have um, a little bit more stability and uphold what is still a bit of an immature market, retail market in, in Grand Rapids and keep it um, at a reasonable price, you know, still 35, 40, 45 bucks for, you know, high testing uh, craft cannabis. Um, and, and then in that regard, I don't think I would have quite the volume and I would have to send it out to the to the open market um so i i don't know ryan i'd be curious what you yeah. guys think if if you guys think that's like which strategy i'd really appreciate you guys input on that because i'm just mulling it over right now you know not sure what to do i got like a time you want to go me. first oh yeah i say it sounds like a good plan to me man yeah well i i look at it because you're right i'm i'm you just hit on the lansing market and um you know i just uh pick pick you know with with everything going on it's been a great time to to talk call owners of stores like yourself old relationships and 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 do that so we uh we got a big shipment going to homegrown lansing today it's uh, historically been a, one of my big stores but uh um you know they came online with theirs and in lansing them and pure options homegrown they're the they're the two stores and they sell 25 dollar eights of their own stuff and it's mm -hmm. good flour so that's hard to move a lot of product in lansing because of that but um you know we we're looking because uh, my goal has is, is always been to compete with uh, the black market. If you get $25 really good flour on shelves and it's tested, it's pretty damn, that's pretty pretty nice. So I think my stuff and redemptions uh, are going to be on sale tomorrow on Homegrown for like uh, and Friday for like $25. So um, we're working on my end uh, to, to kind of go there, um, you know, as a blue collar Midwestern brand. Um, uh, Tom's, uh, I would consider a higher, uh, more higher end craft brand. Um, so maybe his idea is a little different, but that's, that's who I am. And I'm trying to move a lot of volume. So on your end, you could do that and you would set the Grand Rapids market on fire, kind of like archives doing up at Oswell with the concentrates. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you pigeonhole yourself and you're not going to really, but wholesale a lot, but then again, you're just in Grand Rapids. So like maybe you're not going to get a competitor that say, in Detroit that also has a Grand Rapids store might not buy from you, but you could you could still get it. But I, I, I think for me, it's market share, turn it, burn it, 
and 280 goes away and you know I laugh I look back I'm not gonna say who but um, I was talking to a big player in Grand Rapids trying to structure a, a broker a deal for a dispensary and they're like talking about the competitors and they didn't know who you were or nothing and like oh they had this one over here on Wealthy Street that's small like that one's gonna do nothing like that we don't have to worry about all that stuff and I'm sitting there like alright well I guess we're gonna see and uh, I know you guys do do uh, do great with what you got and hey man $25 and 8th in Grand Rapids are really good stuff it's gonna it's gonna go nuts so I guess it's depending on what strategy but either one could work I say go for it though Hell yeah, man. No, thanks for your blessing. Yeah, and like I said, I don't I don't anticipate that it would impact or influence the, the relationships we have. People still love Real Leaf. They still love, you know, I'm not going to be growing Mafia Funeral. I'm not going to be growing Spike Punch, you know. So um, yeah. those aren't, aren't things that I would I would do. I would try to diversify it into some some varietals that are a little bit different than what we have on the shelf or what I what I see a lot of folks seem to want sativa, you know, um, so I think there's maybe a little niche there for for some some powerful sativa, maybe some haze action. I don't know if I can stand the uh, the 70, 80, 80 day flower on that, but um, but it would be it would be sure cool to bring some haze to the market because you just don't see um, haze in, in the commercial regulated marketplace. So, yeah, man, more to come on on what exactly happens. I'm just you know i'm just stoked to be to be in it you know to be doing this and to be able to bring some product uh to our hometown is is going to be a dream come true and then obviously just you know making that asset not idle anymore will be will be really helpful for the shop um but but yeah i think you know uh farmhouse is definitely small there's no doubt about it people are probably doing doing more business in town than us but um, we were the second shop to open and we do have a nice little little following so that's all i really need man as long as i got enough for a bus pass home at the end of the day you know and i can i can uh buy a bunch of diapers for the old the old kiddo that's on the way then i'm happy with that man i don't need to, to have a massive conglomerate or a massive you know enterprise i'm just just trying to have fun and and do our thing down here yeah, it can happen in cannabis man as long as you know People don't fuck it up. <laughs> no, nah, that's uh, we. we uh, you you made me think about a conversation we had back, Casey. I was uh, talking to you about as when I was hiring, getting my first two salespeople, and you know, Crit and Chris being one of them, and then now I have uh, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate Darling's uh, full time as well, and I had never. I never had an employee before, never delegated. I've never done that. I've always just made big sales or gone out, you know, that type of stuff. And um, um, it was killing me and I have a business coach and like he was helping me through it. And uh, it's been revolutionary for me now. Like I can't believe the amount of stuff I'm getting done and I'm not doing it. So yeah. I've never done it. It's, it's, you know, it's enlightening. How's that going for you? I know you were struggling with that at the retail and now it sounds like you're not in it as much and we're going to be over in the grow. So how's that going for you? Well, it's been good, man. We really miss having Chris around the shop and, and we had a great working relationship. Um, so with his departure, we, we promoted some, some more folks and um and they've been doing an awesome job um we have a, a cool shop but we got even a, a better team you know so um 
I really, every, all the success of the shop is, is related to the people that work there. Um, and, and I can't, that's one of the, the big things I think I've learned. I've never managed a group of 20 people. When I was in the banking industry, I was always a, a worker, a worker, bee, you know, kind of by choice because I, I couldn't drink the Kool-Aid as much, you know, and, and I never really wanted to, um, to rise through the bank, the ranks of, of corporate banking. Um, so I was a portfolio manager. I just managed my own, my own portfolio, you know, and I thought I did a good job at it, but, but taking a step back and having to manage a group of, of 20 people, um, it's, it's a, it's a new, it's a new challenge, you know? So really, um, for me, I just, I try to do it, uh, lead by example a little bit, you know, show people that I'm not, um, not afraid to get my hands dirty. Um, so I, when the shop started, it was me, Chris, Jossie, and like one other person. There was a four people, you know, we were doing everything, man, from curbside to inventory to sticker and stuff to just a small crew. And then, um, you know, as the business uh, grew and we got more volume, it required hiring more people. And then um, uh, again, with the, the promotion of a, a couple, we now have two, two head retail managers and then two assistant managers um that's been really nice you know it's been really nice as they they've got the foundation they know the sops um we've tried to document those good for them and uh it's wonderful to sit back and, and just observe and let them do their thing and i just hope that i can can be a good leader to them you know that's my my goal is to um you know to be a good example and a good leader and empower them to to make good decisions and and then not micromanage so these are all things that i'm i'm new to and, and learning and and it's hard i think we all struggle with it a little bit right because we've all built these you put your blood and sweat and your tears and just all these years into this brand and then you and then to hand it over you know so to speak step back or hand it over to to other people um that's a real that's a real challenge you know it's taken some little bit of soul searching for me and and uh and some trial and error but again just you know shout out to the whole team they're they're doing a great job and and um there's no i one thing i do know for sure is that there's no way for me to to grow this brand and to grow this business with me doing all the things myself you know so i have to i have to delegate those out and um and, and that's what i hope to you know continue to to grow and, and develop in as you know as a as a shop owner kudos to being a self-made awesome person man we worked with you from the beginning uh, we used to like talk just about almost every week <laughs> and now it's like well you said you have 20 employees we have about 30 it's just crazy to think man because yeah we were doing the same thing we were running around packaging watering and just as it you know naturally grows into something awesome having a huge team and learning how to delegate is crucial i mean you can't do it all mm -hmm. yeah i'm pretty um I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by it and and watching you know watching uh, everything grow and even looking back two years ago now you know cannabis is a uh, is light years uh, even though we've all been caregivers since 2008 and 9 and patients uh uh, I just had my two-year uh, wedding anniversary last year, and I just looked back. Uh, I hadn't even started redemption yet. Um, I hadn't, you it's know, crazy. had a kid. Um, you know, like all this stuff. Look what's happened in two years. That's so pretty, 
pretty wild. So, uh, you know, it's great having you on, on the show today, Casey. And uh, uh, I'm going to come out to Grand Rapids and uh, maybe get together, have a lunch too. And uh, I get to do that now as part of my new my new job title and uh, duties uh, as, uh, as I delegate. So it's getting kind of fun. Um, but you know, thanks for including me on the, the Fettlin' Sweden families. We're going to do this, I would think every year i don't see why not and uh make a big deal you know like get a lot more going next year and get more people involved you guys did a great job and uh you know roberta has always done a, a great job over there for you as well so um tom any uh any final thoughts well i want to come down and check out the grow for sure and i definitely want to try some farm farmhouse flowers so keep me posted on all that we definitely need to, to catch up man but it's good to see you glad you're well yeah Casey, Likewise, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, you guys. Um, thank you so much for the invite. And again, congrats on the new addition to the family, Ryan. That's a really exciting time, man. I hope you're uh, you're taking the time you need. You know, these things they don't they don't come back around. So I hope you know absolutely take take the time away. You're in good hands with Chris. He's he's over here selling me old pal and uh, and redemption <laughs> units. So. So, so we're, we're all good, man. We got your back and, and uh, hope to have both of you guys back for a long time and, and uh, keep the flower, good flower coming. Uh, the doors are always welcome and, and open here at the shop. So thank you so much for the partnership over the last 18 months and looking forward to uh, a lot of good years to come, you guys. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I do appreciate it. And um, I am up all night. I'm on, I'm on night watch, uh, so I, uh, I'm getting a lot of great time. Uh, just not much sleep, so. <laughs> uh, but you know, so appreciate. It. I get to come in and do some fun stuff like this. So thanks for being on, man, and uh, everybody have a great Thanksgiving and you know enjoy the time with the families. Appreciate Happy it. Happy turkey. See you guys. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me. Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.